Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome to the Dynasty Theory podcast. This is your hostess and host, whatever you want to call us for tonight with John Bauer on vacation. We're going to hold it down for JB. We'll miss him, but he will be back ready for week one. Uh, this is FF Coach Dan on Twitter and the man over there, Mitchell Sorensen. How are you tonight? What's going on, man? It's been a hectic day. Like the discord was just popping off every five seconds because someone was being cut someone was being traded and like there were rumors about other stuff happening, but no big trades really happened. But today was crazy to try to stay up on top of that. But since I brought up the discord, we'll just get it out of the way now. Um, if you're interested, join the dynasty theory, Patreon, we have tiers, annual projections, live episodes, additional content, but the discord is free. So if you want to join a community with 250 people who can have actual fantasy football discussions without it turning into, you know, school grade arguments back and forth, it, like we love being in there. I think that's why both me and you, Dan, have kind of step, took a step back from Twitter just because the conversation we could have in the Discord are just so much more pleasant than what you could ever have on Twitter. Yeah, man, I, I feel bad a little bit. I, I have been sliding a little bit on Twitter and I, I need to get back to posting more. And, and even our group me conversations from our league, I feel a little guilty because there's so much activity on our Discord right now that, you know, it, it, it's a blast. And we want to be there and interact with some very good football minds. And I'll see JB post as we keep getting new Discord uh, Patreon members every week. He posts all these benefits that we have from the merchandise, the underdog promos, Instagram giveaways. And I'm like, Wow, JB, that's, you know, that's that's pretty cool because, you know, I subscribe to some other services and I, I think we're doing a good job over here at Dynasty Theory. There's definitely a lot that we offer that others don't from what I hear, but, you know, we're really happy with it. But so for tonight's episode, we were originally just going to talk about J.K. Dobbins, then kind of how to be a little bit more proactive in Dynasty. But then the cam cut happened as well. And so... I guess let's go ahead and hit the J.K. Dobbins portion of it. You know, he tore his ACL on Saturday and immediately I was getting trade offers like off the bat. So the one thing that I'm actually pretty happy about with it is I think he's going to hold his value pretty well because I've already received a lot of offers for a 22 first and a 22 second. But how are you feeling as far as because I'm pretty sure if you have him on a team, you've gotten a trade offer like that as well. Yeah, I've gotten some player combo with, you know, multiple seconds and you know, some value, some 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 offers that have definitely made me think about moving Dobbins, maybe not enough to quite get me there yet, but similar to Cam Akers, I know I have a piece that I can maybe move now if I get a, you know, a, a prospect and a draft combo, something that that again helps me this year maybe, but doesn't make me regret next year. And I think that's the most important thing for our listeners. And I think we talked about this a little last week. Be careful of trading a guy and then having regrets the following year. Because ACL, he has so much time to rehab right now, Mitch. He is going to be J.K. Dobbins at the start of next year. And it, it did break my heart. You know, many best ball shares, a couple dynasty shares. Uh, it, it was a tough pill to swallow. But now we look at Gus Edwards. Uh, you know, there's definitely some value there. What's your thoughts on the other Baltimore Ravens running backs? I think, you know, 
we did our projections and we had Dobbins at about 40% of the rushing share. We had Gus Edwards right about 30%. And so John, and I felt really comfortable just putting Gus Edwards right up to that 40% that we're expecting for Dobbins. Now, while he's not as good as a pass catcher, so we did have to drop down the targets a little bit, but I see him getting just as much ru- rushing work as Dobbins did. Um, my biggest worry is about the backs behind Gus because we have uh, Tyson Williams there. We have Justice Hill, but they're just not Gus Edwards type of backups, right? Where we could say Gus Edwards is going to get 30% of the rushing share and we feel good about still having him on the rosters. I really worry about if those two are just going to end up splitting so much time, that's going to be very hard to get decent weeks out of them to even have them as a flex play on a bye week without something happening to Gus Edwards as well. Yeah, that was a real attractive piece of J.K. Dobbins. You know, he, he's young. He had the draft pedigree, but he was going to get 40-plus receptions. You know, he, he was going to factor into that passing game a little bit where we don't see that in Gus Edwards. So, you're, you know, a very good rusher. They invested good money to bring Gus Edwards back. So, you know, Baltimore's in on Gus, Gus the bus. So, he's a nice pick. Tyson Williams, at first I was like, who, who's Tyson Williams here? You know, I, I thought Justin Hill was was the uh, you know third string, but obviously that's not the case. The coach of me had to go and find some film on on Tyson Williams there, and then end up learning a little bit about his backdrop. He was a four star recruit, went to North Carolina, somehow ended up in BYU near you mm-hmm. over in Utah yep. there, Mitch. Um, but his film looked decent in a small sample size, and then he tears his ACL, rehabs, comes back. I, I think. You know, JB bust me. I think I saw some, you know, Twitter or Instagram video today with him squatting a ridiculous amount of, of weight. I was like, oh, this guy kind of piquing my interest a little bit. So I, I do think he's worth picking up and spending some fab on here today. Um, and, and I think the, the important thing is Baltimore is committed to the run. Like 100% they're committed to the run. So there's some value in having those Ravens backs, but definitely not as attractive in J.K. Dobbins and probably not any, you know, long-term answer with Tyson Williams. Gus the bus is definitely going to be around for a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of Dobbins again, like the biggest issue that I'm having is moving him now because what I think he is this perfect piece to where we get to week three or week four in the season and there's a team who loses three or four games. They're like, okay, that's it. I need to start my rebuild. There really isn't a better running back right now to be able to trade to that kind of team than JK Dobbins because they know he's going to come back and he's going to be healthy next September. So say they have an Ezekiel Elliott on their roster. All of a sudden, you can move up in Ezekiel Elliott and you can still contend, well, not by moving J.K. Dobbs instead of just trading him for picks. That's what I don't want to do. I don't want to trade him for just a couple more lotto tickets in next year's draft. I think it's, you're kind of hoping there's a running back that's even close to being as good as J.K. Dobbins. And more than likely, they're not going to be in a good situation like J.K. Dobbins is going to be. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because it makes me think of value the position. And historically, I always love taking running backs early for that reason. And this year, drafting so many offseason dynasty teams, so many best ball teams. I, I've been talking a lot about a cliff, this running back cliff. And we probably talk about it every year. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily new. But then you all of a sudden have Cam Akers go down for the year. Then you have Travis Etienne go down for the year. Then you have J.K. Dobbins going down for the year. That cliff is coming a lot sooner at the running back position which similar to quarterback, which we're going to get to, there is value in locking down those stud backs with a little bit more risk because they do get injured more than the the wide receivers. 
Yeah, it's it sucks that these are happening in training camp, but just kind of is what it is. And that's why we've always preached build for depth. I mean, if you have just two or three running backs going into the season and one of them gets injured, you need to have another one to take the place. If you're waiting until August in order to fill that position, you're going to be in trouble no matter what. So hitting on Dobbins, let's get to the fun news of the day. Did this, you this... expect Cam Newton to be cut? Like, I think we all knew Mac Jones was going to take over sooner rather than later at this point. But that news shocked me, to be honest. Can confidently say nobody expected Cam to get cut. You know, there you could guess Mac Jones may or may not have been the starter the way things were, were kind of going, but you just felt they were investing in Cam or we're going to bring Mac along and he'd be the back, Cam would be the backup at some point. Um, you know, I have, as we know, many dynasty shares. I was hoping to get a few games out of Cam. Now, now my dreams have, have changed to hoping he becomes the Dallas Cowboys backup quarterback because I, I don't know what my Cowboys are doing. They, they cut Garrett Gilbert. They cut Ben DiNucci, even though Ben DiNucci was terrible. They're left with Cooper Rush, who Mitch, he's terrible. So if like anything happens to Dak, and, and I'm not going to talk about the Cowboys tonight. That's not in our show notes. But if something happens to Dak, I am scared, Mitch. Like I'm, I'm calling John Bauer to throw for the Cowboys. That's how bad it is right now. But did not expect that in New England. But I, I kind of like it. You know, it, it just – it's few redraft leagues coming up this week. I at least now have some clarity that I could draft Mac Jones. And, and to, yep. I, I have avoided Cam because I had too many shares as it is from last year. Um, but it, it spikes the value of that New England offense, I believe. Would you, would you agree there? A, a nice little yeah. spike across the board? I think – Every single skill position player is now better for Cam Newton not being the quarterback because we knew he was going to be taking rushing attempts away from the backs. We know he's going to take red zone carries away from the backs. He's not a very good passing quarterback. He's never been a very good passing quarterback. And so now you get into, okay, Jacoby already looks really good with Mac Jones. John is going to be really good. The one person who I think no one has really brought up yet, who I think for redraft leagues, you start getting those teen rounds, James White. James White can actually be a thing now again because instead of Cam taking off, all of a sudden you can have Mac Jones dumping off just like what James White's role has always been. Yeah, I 100% agree. agree. James White is a thing again because you have that check down element. Um, he's not going to snipe, snipe Damian Harris of his touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson might, but at least it's only one guy sniping him instead of two. So I'll, I'll take that piece. And I think Nelson Aguilar is also another guy that nobody's talking about. Someone I liked in the preseason hasn't really popped this, you know, during the preseason. So it's kind of went quiet and Jacoby Myers' stock keeps rising. But I, I think I could see Mac throwing it deep to Aguilar, scoring some touchdowns. And, you know, we saw a little bit with Cam. You know, he would find Jacoby Myers. But Jacoby Myers would have to, like, dive to catch Cam's ball. Like, the accuracy is a question. Where now I think you're going to see him hitting Jacoby Myers in stride of Mac Jones. You'll get more yards out after the catch from these wide receivers because of Mac Jones' accuracy. Yeah, that's a really good point. Even he's stepping in to what you want a rookie to step into. That offensive line is going to be very good. You don't have to worry about that. He has good skill position players all around him. Damian Harris is a really good running back. So he's walking in to probably the best position that a rookie quarterback can right now, maybe outside of Trey Lance, because Trey Lance is kind of has that San Francisco lineup to be able to throw into. But I would say Max in a better position right now than Zach is, that uh, Trevor Lawrence is, and definitely better than what Justin Fields is walking into. So he's set up to actually do well. And I think it's the first game in October for the Patriots. Brady is going to go into Foxborough 
and we're going to have Brady going against Jones. It's it's going to be really good. I got like my ring doorbell going off here. I was going to say, is that, probably, a, is, is that a ringtone that I'm hearing? Probably should have silenced that baby. But um, he is in an excellent situation. And they obviously had enough confidence in Mac Jones to cut Cam Newton. And I don't know if it's because of fantasy football. Like you think I would just hate the Patriots. Like, you know, most of us would hate the Patriots. You know, they've just won Super Bowls every year before Brady. But there's just something about me wanting to see Coach Bill just win without Brady. Yep. And you, when you have a rookie quarterback, you want a great offensive line. They've got it. Pressure's off with the run game. They're going to pound the rock. We know that. And the free agent moves they did make, even though we say that maybe, hey, they overspent on an Aguilar and a Kendrick Bourne, hey, they got weapons. They got blocking receivers, receivers that are going to hustle, and they got weapons with Jacoby Myers rising and those two tight ends. So this is going to be a very fun offense to watch. And uh, Mac, Mac Jones definitely rised on my board today. And I think uh, Bill called Nick Saban after and said, thank you, Nick. Without a doubt. I mean, I think it would be wrong if we didn't bring up DFS at all if John was not on the show. <laughs> John, I was behaving. You, you, Mitch started this. I know. He, he gets very angry when we bring it up. But I will say this. For anyone who's playing Dynasty and DFS Week 1, Mac Jones is going to be so owned in cash games now because you could stack him and Jacoby Myers on DraftKings for like 9500 And then you could still fit in Kamara and Cook and Henry, I think. And then you could still have a good roster at that point. So I think it's just, how to throw it in there, John. I'm sorry, but Mac Jones is just walking into such a good situation. I saw you bring out the notebook, Dan. I, I like that. I, I had to bring out the Dynasty Theory notebook. And, and only because you brought up DFS and my DFS notes are in my Dynasty Theory notebook, which you could buy in our merch store. And, um, you know, to that New England point, I just had to see they are playing Miami defense, though. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about that, Mitch. But the over-under was 45. I don't know if that'll change at all with Mac Jones and some of the moves. But definitely a safe cash play. But I don't know if it is for GPP. Oh, God. No, I wouldn't come close to it for GPP. But so we also saw a couple other moves. We saw, like, Chris Herndon gets traded. But honestly, a lot of the other moves aren't going to really matter for fantasy, right? I mean, they're depth pieces to wear down the road. But even the Lions cut Perriman and the Broncos wide receiver they traded for is slipping my mind right now. But no one really wants the Detroit wide receivers in the first place. And so it's it's just a lot of these guys that we're seeing move teams. Just keep in mind that they're going to end up on practice squads. Practice squads are still at 16 players per last year. They kept the exact same um, settings going into this upcoming season. So I expect 90% of these guys we saw cut today just end up on someone's practice squad. I'm, I'm going to say this, and this was probably going to be my closing thought, but I'm going to steal it from the closing thoughts and I'll, I'll come up with something else as, as we get there. So as these cuts are happening, I, I was updating my rankings. And one of the things, you know, we talk about in Dynasty spending so much time in the offseason, we always try to find pieces of our game that we could do better at. So my goal this offseason was to eliminate as John would bust me that bottom ocean talent on my rosters. Like just those Marcel Aitman's guys you never heard of on my rosters. I was trying to invest in a lot more rookie talent and, and guys that have some legs under them And my depth charts, my rankings running backs receivers were so deep that after all these dynasty startups this year and, and, and even best ball and redraft, I've, I've drafted in all three Mitch, there are a lot of guys that I never even drafted. And even mm -hmm. in our deepest leagues, we're, we are in 14 team leagues. We are even in a 16 team league or two. 
I have not drafted some of these guys. So everybody that has been cut today, Mitch, I have axed from my rankings period. Yeah. I do not believe they are rosterable. So I want to kind of plant that seed with our listeners. And I know there's a couple exceptions and scenarios, but overall, I don't think anyone cut today is rosterable. Yeah, definitely not worth it. Looking forward to. But so the one big thing we want to do with this, all these moves that we've been talking about, picking up Jacoby Myers, if you want to go after Gus Edwards, all that's reaction to news that we have heard over the past week. And this is what the dynasty community is going to do for the next, we have like six months now, but we have at least four months of it. And the best thing I think we could do is don't be reactive and be proactive. And everyone's gonna be like, well, of course we should do that. But the truth is the dynasty community stops doing that for the upcoming future. Because what happens is, let's talk about uh, T.Y. Hilton's injury, right? We don't know when he's coming back. But if you go and talk to 80% of dynasty managers, they're going to say, I want to see what happens on the field with Carson Wentz. I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. I'm going to see if he comes back from COVID. The COVID, whatever's going on with him with that stuff now. And so my big takeaway, and... You know, I'm parroting what you said last offseason, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is a guy to where now, if Hilton doesn't come back, Pittman is going to take over that wide receiving core, and he is going to take off. And I think 110, 115 targets is probably going to be his floor this year. And if you could go out and get him now before he proves it week one and week two, you don't even have to like him. You could trade him week three and week four if you want to. But those are the kind of guys to go and get right now while no one else is thinking about it. I like that you talk about that. And I like to hit on two things proactively, Mitch. And one is in your notes. I think we got to segue back to just Cam and quarterbacks. I, I think it's a philosophical conversation we could have. Right. Um, but first on the Colts, you know, being proactive. Colts have been a team that we've been high on the last couple of years. You know, they were in contention. You know, the Chiefs knocked them out last year. A lot of high hopes this offseason. But, you know, between the O-line challenges, health issues, Wentz injury, Hilton, Hilton going down, Mitch, like this is like, I felt like I have to put my puppy down to sleep here, man. You, you know, I've I always know, been high man. on T.Y. Hilton through the years and he's been declining rapidly and he was to the point where I was just hoping he'd be an occasional bi-week player. But, but I think this injury might might be the, the, the end or close to it. So I'm, I'm definitely bummed about that. But to your point, Michael Pittman, I think knowing their situation he is primed to be the guy. He's looked great in camp. They think he's ready to take that next step. And there's really no, not many other options. You know, they got a young tight end in Kylan Granson. They got Mo Ali Cox, who's, who's an athlete. Paris Campbell, you're hoping now with, with Hilton gets more of an opportunity and they could utilize his speed. But that's a lot of ifs, if, 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 if. And you know, maybe now you, you could get Pittman. He's definitely worth pursuing. I had a little trouble getting Michael Pittman even before, so I, I don't know how easy that will be. Yeah, that's a good point. He was just someone that I was thinking, I was trying to come up with players to be proactive about. And this this was before all the cuts happened today, even though I don't think the cuts are really going to affect too many people. But that Hilton injury and everybody just being so down on the Colts because of Wentz right now, that I think Pittman could still be a really good guy. But you did want to go back to the Cam Newton stuff. And I'll let you take it off from there because I did skip over a little tiny portion we wanted to hit on. Yeah, I mean, when we talked, we talk a lot about skill position players. But we we 
focused a lot of attention on the quarterback situation and why we prioritize first-round quarterbacks. Uh, You and I have had a lot of great discussions on Dynasty Theory here, and I I think both pitching that same vision of having that elite quarterback for a lot of reasons. And, I mean, you look at that New England situation, we are, you know, T-minus, you know, less than 10 days to the the start of the NFL season, and we're just now getting clarity – on that New England Patriots situation. And if you had a bank on cam for any reason, boy, you're scrambling right now. So Mitch, what's your thoughts there on the value of securing high-end quarterbacks and first-round quarterbacks? Uh, Like, honestly, so this changed probably back in late May for me. I used to be the guy who wanted one good quarterback. Let's say I could get Trevor Lawrence in the first round, right? And then I would be willing to wait and get a, a Daniel Jones. Like I have a lot of Daniel Jones on my team, right? If it's him or Sam Darnold or who, whatever type of quarterback in that range there was, I've completely switched from that. Like I am trading up into the first round as much as humanly possible because I want the two best quarterbacks I could get on my team. So a lot of my startups now, I have Herbert and Allen or I have Herbert and Lamar. Or just, I just want to be set in that position because what will happen and what we can do in rookie drafts and something that we've all talked about. I know Dan, you were big on it. John was huge on Mac Jones. We all said to draft the quarterbacks before you get these skill position guys. And the reason why you do that, even if you do it with two really good quarterbacks on your team, now all of a sudden I have Mac Jones. I don't need Mac Jones, but what happened? Now I was asking in the discord today, I'm like, Hey, what would you guys be wanting? If you were trading Mac Jones, what would you want added to Devonte Smith? Almost every single answer was I wouldn't do it for anything less than Devonte Smith and a first. And it's Ooh. like Devonte Smith was going ahead of Mac Jones in all those drafts. So all Guilty. that needed <laughs> was for people to see he was named the starter. Then all of a sudden he gets that draft value. So that's why we're saying get these young quarterbacks get these elite quarterbacks because once they hit, once Trey Lance is the starter, his value is going to go up. We all know he's going to be the starter, but once it actually happens, his value is going to go up. And if you don't need him, like Trey Lance is someone you could end up trading for Josh Allen and you could add just a very small piece to it. And then you could all of a sudden just set up your quarterback room and you don't have to worry if Trey Lance is good. 100%, man. And similar roster construction to you, you know, have as many of my dynasty teams as possible. And it's a very high percentage with one of the top seven guys, you know, the Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, Dak, Lamar, Kyler, some with maybe a Russ, a Burrow, you you know, you want to have those guys where I was able to get first round quarterbacks. I got some Trevor Lawrence shares. Um, So, you know, I have that, Uh, but those rosters that, I still had gaps at quarterback. I think I was fortunate to land some with a Tua, Sam Darnold. I'm feeling pretty good about those situations. But those other rosters of mine, Mitch, like I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy right now. Like you mentioned Daniel Jones. I thought about him today. You know, Kadarius Tony's not panning out like I've preached. And then I hope somewhere along the line he does. But Slayton's got an injury. Ingram's got an injury. Barkley's still questionable for week one. Other than Sterling Shepard, I don't know if the poor guy has anyone to throw to, and um, he's still going to be running for his life. So I'm I'm getting a little nervous in New York, but they're the situations you're you're left with. You're worrying about Wentz's health. You 
Fitzpatrick could retire at any any time now. Big Ben's arm could fall off. You know, there's a lot of unstable quarterback situations if you don't have that top talent. There really is. And I think I went into the year having like a draft pick on 75% of my teams, a first round draft pick on 75% of my teams. I looked it up today. I have one of those top five rookie quarterbacks. I have them on over 50% of my rosters. I have at least one of them on over 50%. And the reason why is because we were telling everyone, get these quarterbacks, get these quarterbacks because the value go up. And even if I don't, I was, you know, Dan, I was not a Zach Wilson fan. Like I'm still not a huge Zach Wilson fan. He is my most rostered quarterback right now because of where he was sliding in drafts because people were taking Javante Williams over him. They were taking Devonte Smith over him. And I'm just like, you can't let quarterbacks like this slide in super flex drafts. Yeah. And I'm definitely second guessing some of my dynasty rosters where maybe I had a chance to get a Mac Jones and I went after the Devonte Smiths of the world. So I'm definitely second guess that. And we'll definitely think a little bit harder next year. Cause there are some fabulous quarterbacks that I'm telling you are going to be out there next season. I think we could argue a little bit because I'm not the biggest fan of the quarterbacks, man. They're, I think, you know, I'll just say this real quick. Going into this year's draft, the 2021 draft, we said there's a lot of slot wide receivers. I mean, there was no big profile DK Metcalfs in this draft. There was a lot of slot guys. I think going into the 2022 draft season, there's a lot of Baker Mayfields. Like, a lot of Baker Mayfields and not yeah. much else. So that... That's my biggest worry there. But I'll switch it over to a different team. And I want to get your take on this because I know you're a Jalen Waddle fan. But when, you know, that weird rumor came out about Watson over the weekend, that more than likely, like 99.9% .9 chance it wasn't true at all. But it came out that like, hey, Watson wants to go play with Will Fuller. And that's why he wants to go to Miami. And he'll waive his no trade clause. I think that was all a lie. But anyways... That wide receiving core has Parker, has Fuller, has Waddle, has Gasecki. I'm starting to buy into the whole Jalen Waddle. Go and get him now before he shows it on the field because all that it's going to take is one play. He takes one for 75 yards for a score that first week. All of a sudden, his dynasty value goes up. You know, he's going to jump up and DFS a couple thousand for the following week. And then everyone will be trying to acquire him at that point, but everyone's kind of just waiting to see what happens. So how do you see that one playing out? Yeah. Going back to your, I think theme of tonight being proactive is finding those players in the fantasy world that are not at peak value or there's a ceiling higher than where their ADP is right now. And Jalen Waddle definitely falls in that class. And that's where I have spent a good portion of the last, month and a half and it, it just you know some of my film watching and listening to certain people that we respect in the industry it took a little while for me to get there on Jalen Waddle because I was all on that Devonte Smith Smith train and, and I still love Devonte. don't get me wrong I'm a little worried about his skinny legs and staying healthy and and the Eagles but but the more I just look at Miami and I love what they've done this offseason there's definitely very good pieces around Waddle. So I, I think he's going to be hard to totally focus on. But I really believe Miami has built this roster to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and built it in a similar fashion. Waddle reminds me of Tyreek Hill. 
Gusecki's like a poor man's Travis Kelsey. Very poor man. Very, yeah. very poor man because Kelsey's elite. There's, there's no comparison there. But but there's only like three, four teams in the NFL that have that caliber of a tight end. So if you don't have one of those top four, I'd be very happy having a Gusecki. He's mm-hmm. a guy that could get open and, and move the chains and is athletic. And then Fuller's a field stretcher. And Parker's just a very solid 6'5", talented wide receiver. But I think they're good receivers. And Jalen Waddle is your elite receiver. So I, I think you have an opportunity to get a wide receiver one on your football team. And, and I think Tua, I just think, is going to benefit so much this year. And that's where I think in past episodes, I might have rattled John's cage a little bit and says, I, I see a ceiling. I see a scenario where, where Tua is top 12, top 10. Um, again, I just I get, the, to me, the biggest concern for that to happen is going to be their O-line. I will go back to the O-line. That's not uh, New Orleans Saints offensive line. So yeah, they, sure. they, they, they have got to keep growing and getting better each week and definitely have to stay healthy to max that potential. Yeah, I mean, the one nice thing, I know this is kind of going off track a little bit, but one nice thing I've always loved about Miami is that December schedule. Like, you don't have to worry about, you might have to worry about like a game in Foxborough or maybe a game in Buffalo. Just as good of odds, you have those games in Miami instead. And so you get those warm weather games to where, you know, Mayfield and Odell in Cleveland in middle of December, like those games are tough. I mean, fantasy wise, if it has any wind, if there's a lot of snow, you get hammered. One nice thing about those Miami players, you never, ever, ever have to worry about that. For sure, for sure. And yeah, they got Coach Flores over there. He's used to New England uh, weather and being a, pre- a coach there with, with the Patriots. I think he's developing a very tough football team. And, man, draft draft those Dolphins, man. Draft those Dolphins. Hopefully the Lions can end up doing what the Dolphins did two years and just, like, show up and be competitive. But I don't know if it's going to happen. But do you have anything else you want to add on for tonight? Or I think we, we kind of hammered it out pretty well without John leading us. I, I think we held down the four. I'm sure JB would be proud. Uh, you know, I, I will just touch it before we go into closing thoughts. You, you did put Chris Herndon in the notes. You did mention him. Yes. I did see him go in the Discord. So I, I want to just touch on him as far as, you know, there was that little part of us that said, hey, maybe it's an Adam Gase thing, you know. But now you bring Coach Sala in, and it's a second coach, the second coaching staff. And they said, no, thank you. Go to Minnesota. Tyler Croft, that, that, that is our starting. Yeah. Is that their starting starting tight end? It is. I'm still I'm yeah. still wrapping my mind around that because it's not even in my rankings. The Jets tight end. Maybe I should put Tyler Croft at the very bottom. I'm not sure. Uh, I will not be drafting the Jets tight end. But him going to Minnesota, I still have no interest. I do not think he's a sneaky play. I, I think it's frustrating, and it goes to the point of really watching which beat writers you follow. Yeah, there was a time when Sam Darnold beat writers were like, Oh, Darnold to Herndon. You're going to be seeing this combination all the time. Get used to it. The future's bright. Well, hopefully for Sam Darnold, it still is, but Chris Herndon, it is not there, man. So I don't know what that beat writer was watching. You know, they're saying he drops the ball too much. He sometimes lacks the Um, You know, it's just a different tune there uh, in Jetland. Yeah, that's what we have to worry about with tight ends, right? They show something as a rookie or they show something in the year two, right? Then we don't see anything for three more years. But they're still hype because the tight end landscape is so bad that we're like, you know what? Chris Herndon can maybe do something for the Vikings when more than likely it just doesn't matter. And honestly, I think he's a cut candidate. If I have him on my team and I want to go pick someone off of waivers, like he's someone I'm more than happy just to drop in a heartbeat. Just... Don't even worry about it. I'll let someone else deal with it. And then 
is like if he's in my starting lineup, like I might as well just plan on losing every game that week. Yeah, there's a, I think some of our colleagues and peers in the fantasy industry are trying to will Chris Herndon back into existence. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I'd rather have a Tyler Croft or a Chris Manhurts in Jacksonville. As ugly as that sounds, I, I might be, you know, throwing up in my mouth here just because there, there's not really any passing game for those guys. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd cut him. And looking at the waiver wires, there's better talent out there. Yeah, so with that, with, with that, Mitch, that might be a good segue to our final thoughts. All right, man. Do you off. want to lead it off here? Or do you want me to take it? You know, do, you, do you want to be the Mariano Rivera and close us out tonight? I, I, I'll I, close. I'll close. I think I actually have a decent one for the close. So right, I'll close man. this out. So my final thought tonight here is work the waiver wires tonight. Take some time. I, I know our guys in our um, Discord draft are, are like throwing darts at me now because I've been on the clock for a while. <laughs> I apologize. I had to cut two acres of grass, and then I, I haven't had a chance to absorb all the cuts today. So I want to make sure I look at the cuts and see if that impacts my next draft pick. But I will be picking shortly after the show. But in all my leagues, I, I was going through um, the waiver wire. There are guys out there, whether it's the Tyson Williams or – guys that might get some opportunities because of these cuts. Some guys are moving up and down the depth chart. So don't be lazy tonight, guys and gals. Please go to the waiver wire, you know, work that. It's one of the times where you get a little bit, not a big one, but a little competitive advantage being aggressive on the waiver wire and trying to find some talent. In nine days to the NFL season, I cannot wait. Our next Dynasty Theory show will be week one. So, Mitch, man, I'm going to pass it back over to you to take us home. All right, mine. I was I wanted to bring it up during the episode, but he is just someone to where I think it's so personal if you're gonna like him or not. And it's Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs, everything is baked into his price now. I think people being down on the offensive line, Kenyon Drake coming in, people not having full faith in that franchise as a whole has now made him drop to the point to where he's almost a value. But at the same time, he's at that value for a reason. So personally right now, I'm okay going and throwing some feelers out for Josh Jacobs and just seeing what his price is because I still think he's a better back than David Montgomery, right? But I think in Dynasty right now, David Montgomery is more highly coveted than Josh Jacobs is. So if I could go out and do Montgomery and a wide receiver for Jacobs and a wide receiver, that's something that I'm going to be willing to go out and try to do over the next two, you know, nine days as... Dan brought up as far as just something to hopefully boost my running back a little bit, just skill wise, you know, just, just, just add a little bit more skill in the room. Pat Packy in the chat here is challenging you there. He, he he's, he's preaching the, the David Montgomery, but, uh, but I do like that take Mitch, you know, the, with these nine days left, I know we're put with his closing thoughts and I got to add some, we, we, we have a good time. We have a good time here tonight, but to your point within this nine day window, if you could find those takes that you like and go after those guys, and let's say you're right, Mitch, and you know he, Jacob surprises maybe a little bit because no one's talking about him. I mean, he, he's at the bottom of my second tier here of, of, of running backs and who's kind of been bumped up a little bit because Dobbins has gone ETN and Acres, and, and normally I fade and wait a little longer to get a Mike Davis or Miles Gaskin or somebody, but he could be a good value. But if you don't get it now and he does good week one, week two, you're, you're not ever getting him. And that right, price yeah. shoots yeah, up. So, so now is the time. Yep, I really like that. So, 
I'll go ahead and lead us off tonight. But look, guys, if you're interested, join the Discord. If you hate it, just leave after a day. I mean, it's completely free. It's just somewhere fun to talk football. We're going to have a live show during the Thursday night football game. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. But just, you know, go out there, have fun. I know all the redraft leagues are kicking off and having their drafts now. Go out and have a good time. You know what? We will see you next Tuesday night. But for... Dan Lamagna at FF Coach Dan on Twitter for John Bauer, you know, at the Bauer Club, who's on the beach right now, probably it's pretty late. So he's probably 40 margaritas in at this point. But for me, I'm Mitch Sorensen at Dino MC, and we'll see you next week.